Hi, I'm Jerry Bryant. Welcome to JBTV, the podcast. And in the year 2022, I'm looking back at all the different uh, performances that we've had here at the uh, JBTV studios. And one of those performances that stood out with an amazing voice, uh, just amazing talent. He's been compared to Jeff Buckley. This week on JBTV, the podcast, it's ours. Are you ready for a great classic podcast? JBTV, the respected name in music TV. These are podcasts that no one has heard in many years. This is the JBTV podcast series, The Classics. JBTV. We, we drove a far way uh-huh. to come here and do this. Like out of, it was literally 14 hours in the opposite direction for us to come and do it. So we were excited to do it. We wanted to do it well. And you're a perfectionist all the way. That is so cool. You know who you remind me of? And now you're going to probably hate this. Jeff Buckley. Because he was the ultimate perfectionist. When he did all of his music, everything he did was like, it's got to be this way. And he stopped it a couple of times, too. He was actually doing So Real at JBTV. And it was like, no, no, it's got to go this way. It doesn't sound right. And that's the only way to be. Because if you don't treat your music that way, no one else will do it that way. And you're the... (laughs) You're the purveyor of great music, so. Well, we're trying, so. <laughs> so not a problem at all. We're very, very happy. Okay. Cool. So let's uh, welcome to another great edition of JBTV. I'm Jerry Bryant from the heart of the Windy City, downtown Chicago. We have the best modern rock and roll, the finest artists of all time. And on this edition of JBTV, I'm so proud to have ours on the show. Now, am I saying that exactly right? Yes. Good, yes. good. I mean, that's how we say it. Some people say... Um, Ours, or? ours, yeah. There's all kinds of, you know. I to me, it's just ours, you know. Yeah, us too. Yeah, like the days of our lives. No. <laughs> Maybe I don't. I don't should do that. You have to pay royalties. So I have a... uh, we don't pay any royalties okay. here. Screw the stinking royalties. Let's get everyone's name for the open of the show here. Dennis Zimmer, Chris Goodluff, Race, Static, April, Jimmy Nico. Wow, this is a great edition of JBTV. In the studio, we have Greg Corner, Lauren O'Neill, and of course, myself, Jerry Bryant, asking those in-depth questions of the bands and everything. So you traveled 14 hours. Where'd you come from? We came from Birmingham. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess normally it wouldn't be 14 hours, but it took us 14 hours. Uh-huh. Because you kept stopping at uh, you know rest stops, and you'd find, oh, this looks like a good place to go. Yeah, we have <laughs> we have one, buddy, um, one person traveling with us who likes to uh, stop a lot. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> Who would that be? Uh, oh, he's not here right now. Oh, a drink every couple miles. Really? Is this isn't good to do? You do know that, right? Uh, well, you know, I'm not driving. Uh huh. Who was a designated driver? I believe it would be Jimmy. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. So you are the ultimate. And back. <laughs> and we're back. It's 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 bouncing interview here at JBTV. <laughs> so have you made some new videos? We have. We have. We just. Uh, I shouldn't say we just did it, but we just released a video mm-hmm. that we we started to make the video in 2009, and um, it originally was a short film that we did with David Carradine, mm-hmm. and we recently just did a, an edit on it for a, a new song from our new record. Oh, wow. So this started in 2009, yes. so all that time you must have been perfecting it even more and more. <laughs> yeah, well, we were, we were sitting on some great footage, and... Unfortunately, David passed two weeks after the shoot, so we wanted to to make sure that we really honored him properly and that we didn't rush it out just to, cap- just to get it capitalize yeah. off it. Yeah. yeah, that's the only way to do it. Well, can we see it right here, right now? Yes. Okay, well, here it is on JBTV, ours in the studio. They're playing live right after this. Take the game. 
<laughs> I got to try to keep up. You have such an energy. It's amazing. I can't keep up. It's amazing. I'm sorry. I just uh, keep going. You know. It's good. I, I, I feel so like. Quite a Coco. Yeah. Coco Cafe. Actually, it's Diet Coke, ladies and gentlemen. For years, I've been drinking this stuff. So, <laughs> well, I'm just so excited to have good music here. You know. And when you get bands of your caliber on our stage, it sounds so good, and your music is so good. And all the audience that came, they knew your, you know, everything about it, and they were very into your music. So. Yeah, good following of yeah. people that uh, yeah. It's kind of a cult following. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. yeah, I love the cult following. JBTV is all about the cult following, yeah. you know. So now I have a couple of things for you. Uh, first, I'm going to give you some JBTV stickers. Love stickers. You do? Have, yes. uh, now, have you been on the late night shows yet or any of those things yet? Or? We, uh, we've been on a couple of them, yes. Uh-huh. Well, next time you're on network TV, maybe these will pop up somewhere, you know, like on your <laughs> instrument somewhere or something here. <laughs> for your Thank keyboards you. and stuff. Thank oh, you. we got more. Da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> So here I am giving out stickers. This is the exciting part of JVTV. Oh you know, Lauren O'Neill could be here asking questions or, or Greg Coroner could be here asking questions. All I'm doing is handing out stickers. So if you want a sticker, uh, send me uh, something on the Twitter. Maybe we'll figure out something to do with that. I don't know. Well, stay tuned. We have a lot of music on this edition of JVTV. Now, stickers are one thing I can give to bands, but I think probably something a little better than just a sticker is going to be something I think you can use on the road for social media and stuff like that. Are you ready? Okay. Sure. Okay. Courtesy of MacMall and JBTV right here in my hand. I have a special gift for the band. Are you ready? It's an iPad mini. Wow. wow. Courtesy of MacMall and JBTV. Do you have an iPad? Wow. No, I don't. Really? This is your first iPad? Yeah, this is great. Well, this is for the band. So now you can, you guys can surf porn and stuff late at night. It'll work out great. <laughs> and you can put one of those little things on here. And uh, actually, you know, when you go on uh, selling your merchandise and stuff, you can put a credit yeah, card okay. reader on there. A little square. I, I want it on weekends. <laughs> weekends? <laughs> and you can also do all kinds of cool things. So tell the word, uh, spread the word out there to the world about uh, JBTV and MacMall. Oh, this is great. Thank you, MacMall. And... JBTV. Yeah. Now, if you look inside, the really cool part about this iPad Mini, we have it specially made out. So it's a special limited edition one. So uh, here. See it there? Oh, wow. Courtesy of MacMall and JBTV, specially engraved. You'll get this only here on JBTV and only for the awesome artists like ours. Stay tuned. Lauren O'Neill, Great Corner, they're all coming up next on this edition of JBTV from downtown Chicago.
We're back on JBTV. I'm Lauren with Q877 here with ours. We were talking about the pronunciation earlier because I'm from Florida and everyone gives me shit around here that I don't have the Midwestern accent down. So I think ours is more of a Midwestern thing, but I think it's more of a pirate thing. Yeah. <laughs> so ours. Yeah. You know, not to be confused with hours in the day. Not to be confused. Not, not at all. Uh, which you wouldn't be if you looked at your beautiful logo back here. Did you see this thing yet? James created this for you, actually animated. It's kind of hypnotizing what's going on back here. Yeah, that's great. Who forgot the H? But, you know, <laughs> minus the H. <laughs> Well, we're so excited that you guys are here. Uh, the album Ballet of the Boxer 1 is out now. Uh, absolutely incredible album. And you open the set with the first track on the album, which is really powerful. I kind of think, I feel like it makes a big statement. Yeah, pretty painful. Tell me about that song. Um, well, it kind of has a... It started out April had this piano, this really creepy piano part. And... Um, then I heard her playing it, and then I kind of just kidnapped it and said, well, it's really good, but thank you. Because um, <laughs> uh, I, was, I was hearing an entire song around it, and she had this intro part. And so it started out as it was more of like a hypnotic kind of um, trancey thing. And so we, we worked a bit of that, and then um, I had this idea for guitar riff for the intro. Mm -hmm. So I started humming this guitar kind of riff to static and then he worked on it and embellished it a bit. And um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun for us to play. It's got this big stomping, mm -hmm. kind of dirty, almost dirty, dirty south thing about it as well. <laughs> so. so is that how you typically create music? Is it all of you guys have a say? Is it typically your direction? Does somebody have one idea and then you build off of that? It's, uh, it's, it's hard to explain to say all the time how it goes. Often I'll have uh, a song and I'll bring the song in. And what I started to do over the last 10 years since Static has been in the band, um, originally I would write the songs and I would write, I would basically. Um, orchestrate the entire thing. I'd write all of the parts mm -hmm. because I would, as I was working on the song, I would hear all the parts and I would say, okay, here's what the drums are going to do. Here's what the bass is going to do. And here, you know, down to every little detail, like this is what this, the bass, the tone of the bass sounds like. This is what beater is on the kick drum. This is what kick drum we're using. This is what microphone is on the kick drum. This is the console we're going through. This is the EQ. Like, it was crazy. So not too detailed. Not too detailed. Um, but I, I started, you know, I did that originally out of necessity because I didn't have a, a set band. Um, but a few years later, we, we locked it down. And then at that point, basically what I'll do is I'll, I'll have a song, but I'll leave space for everybody's contribution. And I think we know that it's finished when it becomes everything that I imagined in my head it could be, but better because everybody's contribution to it. It's a really interesting way to describe it. So that's, that's how we do most of the things. But like I said, on this record, um, on a couple of songs, the process changed. Uh, we, we jam a lot. We're a band that we actually love to play uh, and practice so, and mess around. So we'll always be kind of jamming on some sort of 
um, sound or trying to find a feeling and then um, so for a long time I've been trying to do that and then place a song in that feeling rather than just sitting with my acoustic guitar or piano so we were able to do that on a couple tracks on this record where we we're creating a sound as a group and then um, the organization part of my brain starts to go okay let me fit in a song here so I've heard you say that you struggle sometimes between art and commerce did you find that to be a problem with this album not this time because we just followed inspiration and we didn't have to think about um, how we would sell it um, you know the, the good thing it, about this way is that we got to make the music that we wanted to make but then we have to deal with the commerce side when we're finished with it and say okay well now how are we going to sell it and that's okay to me I've always been okay with that just to make it clear um, I've always been okay figuring out how we're going to get people to hear the music after we make the music that we want to make mm -hmm. you know it's like when that mindset works its way into the process I feel the process gets compromised sometimes for the better depending on what kind of career you want. And, but often for us, it was, it was not for the, for the better. So um, yeah, it was, it was great not really having to wrestle with that on this one. Well, I think that you found the balance for sure. I think it's just a, an amazing piece of art from the beginning to the end. Um, and I have to say, I personally think that you have one of the best voices in the business. It's very unique. Uh, so powerful, and I noticed that you don't wear inner ears. No, that no. blows my mind. Yeah, I like that you can be that on. I like being in the same space as everybody else with the sound. We've used them in the past, and uh, there's a couple problems with them for me. I like it so loud that <laughs> yeah, we noticed. But by, by the time, um, by the time we're finished playing, when I was wearing the ears that was even louder than the speakers would be because I, I had control of them so I'm just cranking them through the mm -hmm. whole set and then by the time we're done I would literally be dizzy when we were walking off so one it actually preserves my hearing by not using them because okay. I don't have the self-control <laughs> to not keep turning them up and um, two I like to like I was saying I like to hear it in the room you know, we have the, the acoustic drums right there, and I like to hear what my voice sounds like going against all the instruments. So if we're all sharing that space, I don't like to be separate from everybody else. Sure. I just, I don't know, I feel like a lot of singers would be nervous, but it seems like you work on a lot of muscle memory, maybe, in the songs. Yes, exactly. I think you're great. You. Pretty good at what you do. Thank you. Um, so uh, the new album, uh, is there a reason why there's a one on the end? Does that signify something? Is this the beginning of some kind of epilogue? <laughs> Valley of the Boxer, yeah. 17. Yeah. Well, we didn't, we didn't want to, you know, get silly with it and just take ourselves too serious or be too self-important with it. But what happens, we had a lot of songs that were fitting... Uh, the feeling that um, basically sometimes when we would make a record we like to make complete records from beginning to end not just a compilation of songs that feel random when they come in so sometimes with that um, 
certain songs, they might even be the best song that you have. It might not fit with that group of songs. And so, because we didn't have to deal with the commerce side of things, we were able to make the decision that, well, this song doesn't fit with these songs, so let's keep it off. And we had too many songs that, that kind of fit the theme, but didn't feel like they should come next in the, the feeling of the music. So we started to say, okay, well, that song would go here. And before we knew it, we had, you know, 30 songs. Off to the side? That are still off to the side? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah? So do we already have another album maybe written? Most of it, yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah, we... Another thing about doing it this way is we wanted to get more music out because we, we have a lot of music, and I write a lot. I've, you know, it's, it's actually overwhelming. I don't have the time. For, for what I would like to do from here on out is just um, spend the time recording all the ideas spend less time on the road more time well driving maybe if somebody else took the wheel for a little bit you can get some stuff done <laughs> yeah we're, we're gonna we were thinking about letting uh one of our our crew guys drive yesterday but i think it was was voted against <laughs> is he a bad driver uh, i don't know i've actually <laughs> is it that you just won't let control go of the vehicle even exactly no no we um yeah, you don't want that kind of person to drive the band. Versus um, cargo, right here. Yeah, it makes them comfortable. Specifically, these, these two people when I drive, they like when yes. I drive. So, it makes them happy. I like making them happy. So I deal with it. You know, it's it's a lot, but we um, we flipped a van once, so I was not driving. Oh. Um, so. Now we find out the real story why you drive. Yeah, that kind of changes. None of us were driving, but that kind of changes the way you look at things and your ability to relax. How long ago did that happen? It was right after we signed our first record deal with DreamWorks, went out, bought a van, and flipped it. So this is like back in 97? Yeah. And it was actually like January of 98 when we flipped it. So. And everybody's okay? Everyone's okay. Was yeah. everyone okay at the time? Yeah. That's pretty serious. I, I, I probably got... I probably got the worst of it, and I wasn't even bad. I just had some glass. Race and I got beat up a little bit, but I had some glass and some slashes down my back, but I was okay. Well, that's totally understandable that you take control and drive now. <laughs> it all makes sense. Yes, yes. Cool. Well, I'm very excited to see you guys perform. I've, this will be my first hour's experience in person. So, uh, Jimmy Necco... Just a minute ago, you mentioned, which I've actually heard somebody else mention it before, that you have a cult-like following. Do you sometimes feel like a cult leader? <laughs> no. No, I don't no? feel like that. No. Okay, but if, let's say, we were to start a cult right now, just mm -hmm. us seven, what do you think are, what do they even have, mantras? Like, whatever we would, you know, mm. take to the grave. What would we do right before we drank the Kool-Aid? Probably put something in the Kool-Aid. Okay. <laughs> um, He's like, yeah, vodka. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. We, we try to live our lives um, in a simple way. Not starting cults. Well, I mean, the cult, the idea of the cult could be a simple life, not needing many... Um, material objects, um, 
trying to communicate well with one another, um, patience with one another, and a lot of um, thought, you know, towards each other's needs, and and um, that's how we exist for so long in the van. Um, you know, we have our moments. It gets the 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 drives get long and it gets hot and stuff, especially with no air conditioning. Mm-hmm. By request of me, so um, they all deal with that, and um, you know we we do our best to think about each other, and you know if, if one of us is unhappy, then it makes the rest of us.
Greg Corner back in the studio with ours and Jimmy Necco, one of my old friends. Now, we met years ago when my band, Kill Hannah, was about to sign a record deal with DreamWorks. And I, I think I hunted you down at the club and, and found time to talk to you or somehow got to talking to you and you gave me great advice. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. <laughs> um, and you know, like you, you kind of like you, your bands. You know, what is your secret for keeping your band together for as long as you have? You know, um, you know. I know you've released some solo records in the past. You know, what makes something a band? And, and you know, like the music you write, you're writing all the time. Like, what makes it more, you know, about the band and releasing it as a band versus a solo like project? Um. I was saying before, over the last, I guess, 10 years or so, the, I think we finally have become uh, the idea of what I had in my head as far as a band. Yeah. Um, a group of people who I feel they have 100% trust and belief in me. Uh -huh. And I feel the same about them. Yeah. So that goes a long way. And, um, yeah, people don't realize like, it's like a band is like a marriage. You know? And finding not just one, but four or five people to share your vision and then be motivated and then amazing players, it's, it's a challenge. You know? It's like hitting the lottery, really. And then you've got to get a record deal. <laughs> yeah, really difficult, really difficult. But I think for us, it's, it really is something magical happens when throughout the process of making music or whatever it is that we're doing throughout the day where it becomes you know, a, a universal thought where it's not my idea anymore. Yeah. We kind of take the temperature in the room about something. There's some things, you know, I'll, I'll be like, this is where we're doing it, <laughs> for sure, you know. But um, for the most part, that's, I think that's what goes on with us, you know. And, um, and then what's your secret of keeping it together and, like, everyone happy and, you know, having, this, you know, a, a band member for 10 years? You know, I guess allowing them to be themselves mm -hmm. against what many people may think <laughs> this situation is because I, I do take it seriously so maybe you know many people think that uh, I'm a dictator or a fascist uh, you know yeah. music fascist here but um, yeah, people don't realize like if there's not somebody leading the band a lot of times the band doesn't go anywhere yeah, you know exactly. and it's like someone's gotta have the vision and then also not just the vision but the one that's going to see it through and make it happen. You know, yep, you know. I mean, yeah. I've, I've seen the greatest, of, you know, of the greats. Like, we sat and we've done shows uh, year after year with a group of people with Slash, the guys from Velvet Revolver, Guns N' Roses, Tom Morello, Perry Farrell, Jerry Cantrell, Wayne Kramer. And every year we gather and Tom... All, all, everyone together? Well, for this event we okay. would, yeah, okay. in New York. And you watch all these greats being led usually by a, a Tom Morello uh -huh. kind of calling out. And, you know, there's a lot of ego in that room, but, <laughs> yeah. but they all understand that somebody has, to, has yeah, to lead the way. And it's not about, you know, being boss or anything like that. It's just, you know, like somebody yeah. has to lead the way yeah, yeah. and kind of gather it all up and say, okay, let's make a decision. Yeah, yeah. So. so, I mean, speaking of, like, insane people that you've played with, like, like, what was your moment where you're like, like, holy shit, I'm, like, singing or playing with this artist? Um, well, I feel that often when I'm up on stage <laughs> with this group of people. All right, that's how you keep the band together, all right. <laughs> um, 
And I've, I've, I've thought that a lot when I've had opportunities to go into other situations and I'll say, oh, I, well, how can I get them to play like static if I join that band? Or, <laughs> um, but when I recorded a song for, for Spider-Man that I, I did with Brian May from oh, Queen, wow. uh, that was pretty great. And also Roger Manning. Roger is from a band called yeah, Jellyfish, Jellyfish. Yeah, yeah. and we just adore Jellyfish. Yeah. Um, like most musicians yeah. do. They're totally the musician's band, you know, for sure. Yep. Um, so when I was, I was in Rick Rubin's house and we were working on the song for Spider-Man that Chris Cornell wrote and Roger's playing the piano and I'm singing and playing guitar and I literally had one of those moments where I just, my whole body was tingling and I couldn't believe that it was happening. Uh -huh. So that would probably be one of them. A, a few like that, you know, or, you know, where we just look out in the audience and we see the, all these different bands that are out in the audience while we're playing. That's always a real honor yeah. too. It's just feeling like, wow, it feels like they trust us. Yeah. Well, I mean, I remember seeing you at Viper Room, I think just you and acoustic guitar and seeing like everyone that was in the audience and you didn't even need to be mic'd. I mean, you're just that loud, I think on your own and your voice is that strong that I think every musician or band, it's undeniable that you have the respect hands down. On a good day, I guess. <laughs> I think even your worst day is better than most bands out there. And I think your band would probably back you up on that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I've never heard of bad day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. No exactly. I want to see bad yeah. days. Yeah, his bad day is like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, what, what made you start to make music? Like, what was the first you know, band, singer, that, well, like, I want to do that, and, like, that's how I want to sing. Michael Jackson, Olivia Newton-John. Oh, all right. Growing up with the Grease soundtrack, or what? John Travolta, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, though, I remember uh, probably, I mean, I, I loved music from the time I can remember hearing it, um, but it, it was you know, hearing like Michael and then hearing some of that Grease stuff that I just felt like, oh, I gotta, I gotta figure out how to do this. Yeah. 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 And how old were you then? I don't know, I was maybe around, I don't know, whenever Grease came out. I don't know what year it was. Maybe I was seven. Seven, yeah. Seven years old or something. So were you dancing too? That, that probably didn't work out so well. Oh, yeah. I can dance. <laughs> I can dance. He can dance? Huh? dance. I don't, yeah, I don't do it much on stage. I'm, I'm, kind of more of this stoic thing going on, but I can pop and lock like nobody's <laughs> business. The secrets of Jimmy Necco and ours right here. Starts it, I'll finish it, you know, <laughs> I'll finish the, the thing here, but. So yeah, what's a, what's a band or something that probably, or, or an artist that no one would think you'd be into, but you love? You know, that you'd pop and lock to, maybe. Uh, Justin Timberlake. Really? Yeah. I mean, he's a great pop writer, man. It's, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's the closest thing to Michael Jackson, you know, that I've seen in a long time. Absolutely. Justin, Rihanna, uh, love Rihanna. So, yeah, I mean, there's just something going on with her, man. She can just, <laughs> there's just her voice just like... I think that'd be a great collaboration. I mean, you're, you're talking about writing songs all the time. You know, like, I could see her, like, like well, I, think, I think it might have been Devil, but one of your songs reminds me so much of, like, a James Bond like really sexy theme and like Rihanna singing that would be pretty badass. Yeah, uh, let's work that out. <laughs> yeah, so is there anybody that you'd like to write for? Like, have you ever written a song and been like, I, I want this person to sing it? 
Yeah, I have a bunch of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, probably five, six, seven records worth. Oh, worth wow. ones. Yeah. I wrote a bunch of songs for my daughter. She's a great singer. Oh, really? Yeah. And she's, and how old is she now? She's 17. Wow, and she, so she's ready to go. She's ready to go. Yeah, she's gonna. She's gonna be really, really good. She already is. Um, but yeah, I have some songs. You know, country type songs. Yeah, yeah. Um, like old country, like old Willie or you know Whalen stuff. So have you placed? Like, have you? Has anyone else used your songs for anything? Or no? You know, I have. I've never put them out there for that. Really? I think oh the closest God. thing to that was a bunch of years ago. We got a call from. Uh, Rick Rubin, who's a, a dear friend of mine, and uh, he said, "Hey, do me a favor, send me a, a copy of Dizzy, which is one of our songs on our first record, because I want Johnny Cash to do it." Oh, for the yeah, for the record he was producing. Yeah, and um, but you know, then Johnny died. So. Yeah. Oh man, tough break. You, I mean, I feel like you guys, you guys got a little curse going on. With a lot of bad luck and <laughs> and stuff like that. So, but I mean, I I always say the longer you're a band, the more stuff you're gonna see. You know, it's like it's just inevitable. It's it's consequences that's gonna happen to a band that's been around for ten plus years. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's uh, there are a lot of ups and downs, and uh, you know, that's I'll say it over and over again. That's why this is such a great mm-hmm. group of people because. It's, it's in those downs that you really see what everybody's made of. Um, that's often where we'll lose people in those downs. And, you know, you, you don't have the next up if you don't hang in there through that down. A lot of people come on when it's an upswing. It's easy. Real easy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, and you know, do you tend to write when you're in a down period? Always writing, up or down. Up or down, all right. Whatever it is, yeah. I'm, I'm not one of those people. I don't need to feel down in order to write because there's so much to be grateful for that I could write from as well. Uh-huh. So, um, so I mean, you, you were talking about your new video. It's got you acting in it. Um, and you kind of did a short. Do you have, are you going to explore any more acting, or are you kind of just done with that? You know, I mean, if I get to pop and lock. Maybe. <laughs> Next Justin Timberlake video, all you. Yeah I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, like, I like doing that stuff a little bit here and there. If, if I, I'd love to play a villain in something, but other than that, I don't know. You know I, my buddy Michael Max has asked me to do that acting thing in that short, and I was, I was worried about ruining it on him. I said, oh, I'm going to ruin it. Like, mm-hmm. no. Um, but he said, no, you'll be perfect for it. So I did it. And, and then once we stepped onto the set and Carradine was there, immediately... I was like, what the fuck did I get myself into? <laughs> Seriously, I, like, what am I doing? Yeah. But you can't... Yeah, you can't go back. Yeah, you, know, you just yeah. got to yeah. deliver. So, I mean, I just kind of got over that fear and just went through I feel it. like you could play a great villain. Like, total psycho. Yes. You know, like... Yes. <laughs> I mean, even if you wanted to be like a... Um, you know, you got a little bit of the Vincent Gallo thing going on. I'm sure you know you you, pro- you probably get that sometimes. And yeah. except when you know? I'm standing next to him, which I which I have. <laughs> Great story. If we have, you have time for it, yeah, yeah. okay. We were in Los Angeles. We were recording our Mercy record, and we went to the Roxy to see. It was Velvet Revolver's first show ever, so we went to see them. And I had a full beard because you know we were recording with Rick, so we were all inspired yeah, yeah. and excited. We're like, oh, nobody's shaving, nobody's shaving, or cutting their hair till this record's done. 
So, which took a long time. <laughs> yeah, four years later. Um, so we're in the, the Roxy and somebody comes up to me and they're like, oh man, I love all your work. And I, I just had the feeling they weren't talking about music. Something about the way that they said it. I was like, oh, they're not talking about records. But I didn't want to embarrass him. Yeah. So I just said, uh, thank you. And uh, I said to Static, I said, let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> that's before, a creep. No, well, before he realizes I'm, <laughs> I'm not Gallo. And, and he's like, oh, that's not Gallo. So then I went back, we went back to Rick's house. And Rick is buddies with Gallo. And we've hung out before with Rick and Gallo. Uh -huh. So I, I told Rick what happened. He said, oh, that's great. You got to tell Gallo. <laughs> so we call Vince Gallo. And he said, hey, hey, Jimmy wants to tell you something. He puts me on. And I told him the story. And he, and he goes, were you nice? Were you nice? And I said, yeah, of course I was nice. And he goes, good. Because now they'll say, at least there's one nice Vincent Gallo. <laughs> so you did him a favor. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing better press and promotion for him than he because he should stay home the next time he has a movie. And that's go, how you can act. I will go out and do it. That's my next role. That's it. I'm doing... Well, I remember he took, Brett. I think he took Buffalo 66 on the road with him, actual the film, and toured with it and played it in oh, he's, theaters. He's awesome know? like that. Yeah, he's yeah. just, he's, he's awesome. I, I used his microphone to sing that song, the Spider-Man song. Mm -hmm. He's got all this great old gear and he takes it very, you know, he's very serious about it. He, he knows his, his stuff. So yeah, yeah. He's, he's awesome like that. Yeah, I feel like you've done some unorthodox things. I heard you played like a, a house party before to like as part of your maybe your Kickstarter campaign or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, we've, yeah. we've done a few of those. Yeah. So like how, how are those? Are they are, are they fun or are they awkward or um, they're fun. They're uh -huh. fun. You know, it, it's interesting because some of them we literally in their living room and they're right there on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> and all right, I, well, here we go. We're gonna start, <laughs> yeah. gonna start playing. Yeah. And you, you know, you, and do that as a full band or acoustic usually? Uh, half and half sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's awesome. You know, like with the, the I think the the more one on one you are with your fans, and and you definitely have like this cult like fan base, I I believe for that because you've kind of one fan at a time, and it hasn't been you know some big radio success or placement or whatever, and it's just like. You just keep playing and putting out quality music, you know. We hope so. That, that's, a, that's always been our goal. We would get them one at a time and have that connection where we feel like, wow, we really connected with people tonight. Yeah, yeah. Not because of our light show or because of the pyro or because yeah, yeah. we have some video and we're now celebrities. We always wanted to feel that, okay, we affected somebody tonight. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. That's For life. Yeah. <laughs> so... All right. Well, more hours coming up next on JBTV.
So here we are on JBTV, and it's time to sign your official set list. Now, this is the original set list. Yes. The one you actually did. So it's, it's a collector's item now at JBTV. And uh, now one of these songs you didn't do on our stage, though, did you? No, no, we didn't. We ran out of time. Yeah. Well, we have to have you come back now. It's oh, just we a... love that. Yeah. The, songs are, the songs are really long, mm -hmm. so it took up more time than we thought. They're such great songs. Thank you. Such great musicians. So if you guys could sign this for us and make it out to JBTV... And here they are signing their set list on JBTV.
So you've got the full treatment here at JVTV. Yes. Lauren O'Neill from Q87.7, Chicago's Underground Alternative, and Greg Corner with a great band, uh, Kiel Hanna. I'm amazed that you guys met in the early days. So mm -hmm. that is so cool, you know, when you do things like that. And Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. We were almost with them uh, when their bus caught fire and everything. We were talking about sharing that uh -huh. bus, yeah. Oh, wow. So there's a lot of good stories on that one. <laughs> hey, let's see another one of your music videos. Which one do you want to sure. see? Um, what do you guys feel like showing? <laughs> How about sometimes? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Great video. Here it is right now, right here on JBTV. Cool. So anything else you want to talk about? Have we gotten everything in? Um, I don't know, maybe. I talked a lot, and sometimes I get a little self-conscious about me, like all this, like, shut up already. So uh -huh. maybe, yeah, maybe if there are questions for anybody else. You got anything or? else you want to add to anything that, that you've heard here today? <laughs> it's an amazing experience. Uh -huh. Got a lot of Cocoa Cafe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I, we just really, I appreciate being here and being a part of this band and just getting a chance to keep the music going. For, mm -hmm. We talk about 10 years, 15 years, and all the history of the music and just yeah. to be, it's never old. That song, we played it twice, um, three times, 40 times, 100 times. There's some songs I feel like I've played a million and mm -hmm. doesn't, it's always brand new. Yeah, you know, sometimes I hate this when uh, bands come and they get these big hit songs and they don't want to play them on stage and in concerts. You know? Oh uh, like, yeah, <laughs> we don't have that problem because we don't have any hit songs. You got a lot of hit songs. <laughs> uh, what are you saying? This show is full of hit songs. This is.
been a great edition of JBTV from the heart of the Windy City, hours in the studio. We had a great performance live on our HD stage. We've seen some music videos. We had Lauren O'Neill and uh, Greg Corner. And you got an iPad mini for the band. Yes. You got some JBTV stickers. Anything else you would like from JBTV? <laughs> what do you got? I don't know. <laughs> I guess I've given it all away. So until next week, this is Jerry Bryant from the Windy City, downtown Chicago, saying bye-bye, stay high, and but of course, keep on rocking and rolling with the best bands anywhere in the world, and they're always right here on JBTV, like ours, number one, once again, with the best music. Cool. JBTV. There you go, the JBTV podcast, where we bring you the best music, the best interviews, and it's all unscripted and totally unrehearsed. Follow us on all the social media and spread the word. This is JBTV Music Television, the JBTV podcast. JBTV. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.